The following message was preached at Flint Hill Baptist Church. We would love for you to join us on Sundays for life groups and worship, or on Wednesdays for adult Bible study, kids, and youth activities. For more information, visit flinthill.net. Romans chapter 12. I've been in a series of messages about why are we here? Why are we here? And we are here to glorify God first and foremost. And I've shared with you several things. I'm not going to re-preach those messages, but we want to declare that we are here to glorify God. That means to make much of Him, to magnify His holy name. For sure, God makes Himself known. And we've seen that throughout Scripture. But God has also blessed us, every child of God here today. If you are a Christian in the house of the Lord, covered through the blood of Jesus, you've been cleansed. But now... God has given us His Holy Spirit, and through Christ, we can bring glory to God. We can make much of Him. And uh, so I've shared with you uh, several messages here. And this morning, I want to take a moment and just share real quickly here about glorifying God in our spiritual growth. I don't know if you think much about that, but God wants me and you to grow and to be more like Christ. I mean, He's commanded that. He's declared that. Uh, the scripture said he has predetermined that, 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 that every child of God will become like Christ as we live life in this world and will be glorified completely eternally. Um, but, we, we, but we can bring glory to God in our spiritual growth. And so in Romans chapter 12, Lord just kind of brought me to this passage of scripture, Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. Uh, if you got your Bibles, hopefully you got them open, look with me, read along. Uh, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, I landed on this passage. There's so many passages we could look into, and I'm going to share other scriptures. If you're making notes, you can write these down. Um, But I want to share seven things with you about spiritual growth. First is this. Spiritual growth is centered on the finished work of Christ. Uh, and, And it's important for us to note, I mean, when we jump into the book of Romans here, for 11 chapters, Paul has been just declaring, proclaiming through the Spirit of the Lord to the church at Rome that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Doesn't matter how religious you are, Jew, or how unreligious you are, pagan, all have sinned, all have turned away, all have done wrong, all are unrighteous before a holy God, and it's only through the finished work of Jesus Christ that any of us are made right with God. There's no other way. There's no other way. And so he makes it clear. And so when we come and we look at th- those 11 chapters, really kind of, in, in, if we could step back and look at all of those 11 chapters, it comes down to the end of chapter 11 to what in your Bible, it may be set apart like a doxology. Uh, in the scriptures, in, in chapter 11, verse 33, I mean, it, all of this kind of brings him to this thought. And he says, oh, the depths and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments. His paths are beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? 
from him, from him, from him, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. In this summation, in this really place in this passage, just prior to what I just read, Paul comes to the place where it's all about God. He is overwhelmed with the greatness and the majesty and the glory of God. And specifically in salvation. That God saved us. That God, while we were yet sinners, demonstrated His love for us when Jesus died on the cross. Spiritual growth to be a, a life uh, he describes it here, living sacrifice, transform uh, in the renewing of our mind. This is all because of what Christ did for us on the cross. If you take that away, there is no opportunity for spiritual growth. Now for me and you, here's the reality. Spiritual growth, real change, transformation is centered in the work of Christ. It's important for us to understand this. It, it is a very personal application of the blood of Jesus into our hearts. Just because you show up to church doesn't mean that you're growing in Christ. Please don't take that the wrong way. I, I don't try to be offensive to you. I'm just stating reality. It's just the truth. Just because we show up doesn't mean that we're growing in Christ. But make no mistake, Jesus died and rose again. So that we will grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. He died so that we might live for the glory of God. So being centered in that, what does that mean? It means to be centered. It means to be solid and secure in the love that surpasses knowledge, as Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3. To be rooted and established in His love that surpasses knowledge. In the reality that, man, yes, I, I needed Christ, but now in Christ... I have the joy, the opportunity to grow and to, and, to, and to know Him personally and the power of His resurrection. Uh, I don't know what happened or when it happened many, many, many hundreds of years ago. Uh, but Paul emphatically preached on this. I mean, it was his own testimony. He was a man who was extremely religious and thought that his right relationship was, with God was based on what he did for the Lord. Until God confronted him on that road to Damascus. And it was in that moment. I mean, his whole, all his whole life come before him. And he realized it is nothing but filthy rags before a holy God. Who in their right mind thinks they're going to make it to heaven by what you do right on this side of glory? I mean, who in their right mind? It is a lie straight from hell that you can live right enough that God would somehow receive you into heaven. That is not true at all. Paul emphatically preached that. I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, this is the difference between heaven and hell. If someone really believes they can do it on their own, then they can just get to heaven on their own. And that's a lie straight from hell. It is only through Christ and Him alone. So when we talk about spiritual growth, I mean, it has to be centered in the finished work of Christ. It holds us dear to the cross. That's a good song. To be held nearer to the cross. As we grow in Christ, stay centered in Jesus. Uh, it prevents us from being arrogant or prideful, full of ourselves, whatever. But Paul knew you got to be centered. In fact, in verse 1, he says, In view of God's mercy, as a child of God, we've got to be centered on the mercy of God demonstrated on what Christ did for us in His death and His resurrection. So... 
I'm hammering that pretty hard. I know. I've said it 20 times. I know. It's worth saying again. Be centered in Christ. Developing in Christ means being centered in Him. Growing in Him. Flourishing. It's a beautiful work that God has done in us. But man, it's so much incredible when God begins to work through us for His glory. And we can make much of Him. In other words, we can magnify the Lord as we stay centered in Christ. The second thing about spiritual growth is this. It's a calling. It's a calling that all Christians must answer. In other words, in this context, it's really a command. I use the word calling, but it's a command in which to obey. He, in other words, he, he's, he's kind of softening in a sense and saying, I urge you. But make no mistake, in the language, he is commanding them upon his own apostleship under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You, Christians, you who call yourself Christians, I want you to grow and become more like Christ. I want you to be transformed in the renewing of your mind. I want you to be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. It's a calling that must be answered. In, in other words, as a Christian, as a child of God, God wants me and you to take up our cross and walk day in and day out under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. To acknowledge that that's not so is to refuse clear command of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 said, It is God's will that we be sanctified. That's a fancy word. It means holy. It means to be set apart unto the Lord. Growing in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says, Live or walk in a life worthy of the calling you have received. That calling of salvation. The life we live, the life we live today ought to reflect that we have given our lives to Christ personally as our Lord and Savior. I mean, this shouldn't shock us, right? I mean, a good tree bears good fruit. I mean, it's not shocking, isn't it? All right. But it's a calling. And so when we live this life for the glory of God, it's a calling. We must answer it. In other words, let me say it this way. Uh, there may be some children here. Listen, you, you, can't, you can't walk in this way because your mama walks in this way. It's a personal, intimate surrendering of my life under the Lord and the direction that He wants me to walk. He wants me personally, JJ, and you personally, to resemble Christ in the world in which we live. To live this life worthy of the calling we've received personally unto salvation. Uh, number three is this. It requires a whole life offering. And you know this in the context of these scriptures here. Paul is in the, his mind. He is seeing the Old Testament sacrificial system. He, uh, you, you hear it in his words. To, uh, uh, to, uh, to, he says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So in the, in the backdrop of that theology, he is looking at the sacrificial system, what we call in the Old Testament. But make no mistake, he is bringing this into his Christian theology where he's saying, look, God wants our whole life to be laid before him. We just sang some of those songs. But, but in other words, if I'm going to grow in a way that glorifies the Lord, it's a whole life offering unto him. Uh, Matthew 22, 34 through 40, you know this is the great commandment. Jesus said what? The greatest thing any child of God would ever do is love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Just a little bit. Just enough where people might think you're a Christian. No! Y'all know that. I know. All. That means all encompassing. All that we are. 
our heart, our mind, our body. We don't have time this morning. We could dissect either one of those, but the reality is it's my whole life. I mean, when you put an offering on the table, it was a whole offering on the table. I mean, in the mindset of the sacrificial system, it wasn't a partial, it was a whole, it was a fullness. I would say to me and you as well, if we want to grow spiritually, you offer the whole heart. Now, now, now look, I don't, want to, I don't want to spiritualize too much, but look, if you're a child of God here today and you could tell me, say, say, Pastor, I can't remember the last time that I really began to grow in the Lord. Well, maybe because you're not bringing your whole heart and your whole life unto Him. Maybe there's other things taking up occupancy in your heart and your mind or your life. Maybe the cares of this world are really becoming an ensnare upon you, and all of a sudden now there's not growth, or maybe there's boulders in the way and rocks that are hindering the soil of your heart, and, and that needs to be dealt with because, listen, if you want to grow to the glory of God, you've got to bring your whole heart, your whole life. And the great news, listen, child of God, listen, if that is the case, then just, I mean, we just prayed this just a moment ago. Just simply come back to the Lord. Turn to Him. God is great at gardening our hearts and our soul. But make no mistake, it requires the whole life, the whole life offering, all our heart, all our mind, all our lives, our body, hands, feet, mouth, mind, whatever it is, the wholeness. To think that it would be part would be uh, wrong on our end. It is bad theology that God wants to redeem or save part of you. He wants all of you to resemble Christ in the world in which we live and He is renewing and transforming our whole life. Number four is this. Influences every part of our lives. Now, it may sound very similar to what I just said, but let me remind you uh, in, in Ephesians. Let me, just, let me just turn there just for a moment so I don't miss this. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, he says this to the church at Ephesus. Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Put off the old self. Get rid of it, which is being corruptible by deceitful desires. However, to be made new, very similar to the language there in Romans 12, in the attitude of your minds. And what? Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I mean, he made it real clear. Every part of our lives. In fact, later on in chapter 4, verse 32, this is amazing. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other in the same way that Christ in God, forgave you. Now, it gets even stronger in chapter 5, verse 1. If you dare to even read that in your Bible, it says, Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, live a life of love. That'll blow your mind. Right? Make no mistake. Spiritual growth that is God-honoring to Him influences every part of our lives. Every aspect of my life, whatever that life is, and I've listed several things here. Our home life, my relationship with the Lord, my spiritual growth ought to impact my home life, my work life, my school life, my play life, and yes, church life as we gather together. In every aspect of our lives, God-honoring, God-glorifying spiritual growth influences that. It has a part in that. Why? Because it's all of me that I give unto the Lord. Every aspect of it. And again, for me and you, uh, why is this so important to the Lord? Why? Because there's not a plan B, church. You are the hands and feet of Jesus wherever you go. You might be the only Jesus that some people ever see. 
And it's amazing how God will bring people into our paths just seemingly out of nowhere. But if we're sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in that part of our life, God will even prompt us and, and allow us to be a witness and share the gospel. You know, I heard it said many, many years ago, he said, you know, you ought to preach the gospel and use words if necessary. The people at my work and the people at school and the people where I go ought to know that I'm loving Jesus with all my heart. There is no plan B. So it influences every part. God honoring, God glorifying, spiritual growth. Uh, the fifth thing I want to share real quickly here. God honoring, God glorifying, spiritual growth. It is a battle of the wheel. There's a battle going on. And you say to me, what do you mean? There's a battle I mean, look at the life of Christ. You can turn there or not. It doesn't matter. In Matthew chapter 4, if you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4. Some of you know what's in Matthew chapter 4. This is where our Lord and Savior was tempted by Satan in the desert. And in this temptation, there are several things that he comes against our Lord and our Savior. In other words, there's a battle of the wheel if we're going to bring God, honor, and growth in our life. Look at the life of Christ. At the very early part of his life and ministry, he's tempted. He's out there in the wilderness. Satan comes to him in three specific ways. Tempts him to what? In regards to the Word of God. He wants him to eat on bread. He said, every, he said man doesn't live by every, uh, on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, food is not my Lord and my, and my God, but every word that comes out of the Lord or His Word will satisfy and nourish my life. In other words, there, there, there are other things the world and the devil will tempt us with to, to try to build our life upon, to be nourished by, to be strengthened by. And very clearly here he's saying, no, no, no. It's not from those things, but from every word that comes from God alone. But look at this. The second, way, the second thing he tempts him with is the ways of God. In fact, he says, hey, if you're the son of God in verse 6, just throw yourself down. And he quotes scripture to him. He says, hey, he'll command the angels, charge over you and pick you up. In other words, there'll be a big spectacle going on and everybody will know that you're really the son of God. And he says, hey, it's written, don't put the Lord God to the test. In other words, he said, God has a way that he's going to do this and I'm going to be obedient and follow that. There's a battle going on. The tempter's wanting him to depart from the ways of the Lord. And then the last thing is this. He, said, he, he says he took him up on a high mountain, showed him the splendors of the world, all the kingdoms, all this stuff. He said, look, I'll give it all to you if you just bow down and worship me. In this moment, we know that in the word of God, the ways of God, and the worship of God, Satan comes against him, battles him, tempts him in that way. There's a battle going on. Friend, it's the same thing for me and you. If you're going to put your heart and your mind to growing spiritually, there's a battle going on. The last thing Satan wants is God's people to be passionate about His Word, passionate about His ways, and passionate about their worship of the one true living God. That's the last thing. But man, I'm telling you, God will work wonders and miracles through God's people when they get a hold of His Word and His way and His worship of Him as the one true living God. It's a battle going on. It's a battle. And it's, it, and it's not just from the outside. It's not just from the culture and from the enemy and all that. But even in Matthew chapter 26, I don't know if you ever thought about this. Here it is, our Lord. I mean, we're just, let's just look at the life of the Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 26 for me. You know this, he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's laid out in, in verse 39. 
26, verse 39, going a little farther, he fell down with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. There's an inward battle going on. And you say to me, Jay, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know about that inward battle. Look, turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. We know this as the Lord's Prayer. Jesus was trying to teach the disciples how to pray. He said, you ought to pray in this manner. This is how you should pray. Y'all know this. Some of y'all have committed it to memory. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those and our debtors. And here it is. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There's a real battle going on in the hearts and minds of Christians today in regards to spiritual growth. There's a battle inwardly, outwardly. We live in a culture that doesn't want us to be dependent on the Lord, but on ourselves. Leads me to number six. Here we go. The sixth thing, God honoring, God glorifying spiritual growth is always dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. Uh, yes, we work. Yes. I mean, Paul says that in Philippians. We're going to work out this salvation. That means you earn it. That means you're putting forth effort and energy. But the Holy Spirit of God's working in us to transform and change our lives. There are several ways here in this passage back now in Romans chapter 12. When he talks about, what, he, when he talks about the Holy Spirit of God, he talks about a living sacrifice. That, now, hold on just a moment. Sacrifices in the Old Testament were not alive. They were dead. And they were consumed. But now Paul says, mm, as a child, listen, okay, we were dead, y'all with me, in our sin and trespasses, but thanks be to God, by God's grace, been made alive, alive in Christ. So now we as children of God have the joy of being a living sacrifice consumed by the presence of God for His glory, been brought to life, changed, set apart. Consumed by the Holy Spirit of God that is at work in us, we are dependent on Him to be a living sacrifice unto Him. He describes it as holy and pleasing. Man, over and over again, I talked about this on Wednesday night, to be called a saint. I don't mean that you've elevated to some status. That is a condition of a changed heart before a holy God that you have been now cleansed through the blood of Jesus and made alive, and you have been made holy Holy, holy, by the Holy Spirit of God that occupies our life. We've been set apart. And in that, be pleasing to Him. The last thing is this about being dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit. Is that a transformation of life is authentic worship. He said, look, he said, uh, I want you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your Spiritual act of worship. We worship the Lord by the life transformation that takes place in us. Spiritual growth. God growing us up in Christ declares to a world around us that He's alive, that He's real. We bring glory to God. We worship Him by the life change that happens in us. The last thing is this. Number seven. God-honoring spiritual growth provides practical discernment of the will of God. Uh, you see it here in your text. 
That as we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, what, what happens there? What happens there? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God wants you to know His will, His purpose, and His ways in your life today. The, the outcome, the, 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 the practical outcome is the discernment given to us by the Holy Spirit as we yield our lives to Him to be used for His glory. That's called spiritual growth. Knowing His will brings honor and glory to our Heavenly Father. Living according to His plan and purpose. Why are we here? Why are we here? Real simply, is to bring honor and glory to God. Gavin, will you go grab those stack of papers back there, if you will? Thank you. So right now, here's what we're going to do here in just a moment. Hey, I, I, you know, it, would, it would help you. If you're, if you're our guest today... Sometimes I'm not so planned out with some, like how we're going to execute things, get things done. And so anyway, so, but, but we have something here, and we're going to get some help from some folks, if you don't mind. Can you help me? All right, thank you. Who else can help me over here? Let me, I'm looking around. Some of y'all are saying, don't call on me. That's it. That's all right. We're going to hand this out. I want everybody to have one of these real quick. Go ahead and take some. Start handing them out for me back on the back row. There you go. Take some of these right here. Hand them out. Thank you. Let me have one of those, Haley. So we're going to hand these out. Every single person here, I hope we made enough for you. I know we got a good house full this morning. But I, as, your, as your pastor, I want you to grow spiritually in the name of Jesus. And I want you to be all that God wants you to be. I, 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 am, I, am, I am my heart's desires that we would live our lives in such a way to bring honor and glory to Him. So I have, I have this little document here. We're going to hand this out. Dave's, they're running around trying to hand these things out. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know, it's a little. And we actually, uh, believe it or not, put this on a little better paper for you. There you go. And you're thinking, you're thinking to myself, oh my goodness, that's a whole lot. It is. It's a lot to say, but I, I just want to make sure you have that in your hand. The Bible says, as a man thinks, or woman, so is he. The Bible says it's talking about spiritual growth. It's talking about the renewal of our mind coming alongside, being in alignment with His Word, His truth, His teaching out of His Word. So what I have here, does everybody have one? I hope you have one. Hopefully Haley's got some more over here. Dave, if you need some more. Everybody should have one. Let me just encourage you with that. We're doing good. Everybody got one here? There's need some more? There we go. Y'all are wonderful. Thank you. Some of y'all are going, come on now. I, I, my heart's desire, it, it really is. Now, now, I will tell you, a, a sermon and a service will change your life. I've seen that happen many a times. Not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit of God. Everybody got one? I hope you have one. Everyone should have one that's in the house of the Lord this morning. Gavin, if you'll come on up here and get ready for me. Here we go. All right, so, so as he's coming, here's what, here's what I want us to do. Because my heart's desire, when we talk about our, our number one job, our, our goal here at, uh, as a body of Christ is to bring glory to God. We, we, we talked about as we gather, now we're talking about how, as we grow. Well, here's the deal. Here's what I believe with all my heart. I believe it starts with a decision today. You've got to, have, you've got to come to a place where you say, yes, Lord, I'm yielding my life to you and I want to grow spiritually. I can't make you grow. I can't say, oh, you're going to do it whether you like it or not. 
Um, you have to come to that place. Now, in addition to that, you got to know the truth. And that comes down to the Word of God. His Word is true, living, sharper than a two-edged sword. And I believe that with all my heart. And I'm telling you, my life began to change when God opened up this Word into my heart. Open up the Word of God. I challenged some people, uh, it's, it's been months ago. If you never read the New Testament, start with two chapters a day. You'll be finished in about three months. And read it again. Let your heart and mind be soaked with the Word of God. This right here, I, I just want you to know. Neil T. Anderson is a guy who uh, God used years ago, and he's still doing work all over the world through Freedom in Christ Ministries. And, 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 the, and, the, and the, the statement up here says, Spiritual growth, doctrinal affirmation. You've got to know the truth, and that's Jesus Christ, but you better know the truth about who you are in Christ and what God has done for you. I've already shared with you there's battles going on within and without. I, I guarantee we live in a culture that doesn't want me and you to be all that God's called us to be. But to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Let us be a people that walk in growth, spiritual growth. Now, this may not be for you. You may look at this and go, I don't need that in my life. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, whatever. But, man, I'm telling you, there's people here today that are saying, Lord, help me to not just read this, but to believe this and declare this over my life every day. In fact, Neil T. Anderson, if he was here, he would say, we need that. We, we need to cultivate that in our heart. Real quickly, I, I know you're looking at it. I believe that there's one true and living God who exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that He's worthy of all honor, praise, and glory as Creator, Sustainer, and beginning and end of all things. I believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. I believe that He came to destroy the works of Satan, that He disarmed the rulers and authorities, made a public display of them, having triumphed over them. I believe that God has proven His love for me because when I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. I believe that He delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred me into His kingdom. And in Him, I have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. I believe that I am now a child of God and I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And I believe that I, I, I was saved by grace, the grace of God through faith. That it was a gift and not the results of any works on my part. I choose to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. I put no confidence in the flesh, for the weapons of warfare are not of the flesh. I put on the whole armor of God and resolve to stand firm in my faith and resist the evil one. I believe that apart from Christ I can do nothing, so I declare myself dependent on Him. I choose to abide in Christ in order, in order to bear much fruit and to glorify the Lord. And I announce to Satan that Jesus is my Lord. I reject any counterfeit gifts and works of Satan in my life. I believe that the truth will set me free. And that by walking in the light is the only path of fellowship. Therefore, I stand against Satan's deception by taking every thought captive in the obedience of Christ. I declare that the Bible is the only authoritative standard. I choose to speak the truth in love. And I choose to present my body as an instrument of righteousness, a living and holy sacrifice. And I renew my mind by the living Word of God in order that what? I may be able to prove that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. Put off the old self and its evil practices, and I put on the new self. And I declare myself to be a new creation in Christ. 
I trust you, Heavenly Father, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me into all truth and empower my life that I may live above sin and not carry out the desires of the flesh. I crucify the flesh and choose to walk by the Spirit. I renounce all selfish goals and I choose the ultimate goal of love. I choose to obey the two greatest commandments to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, and mind and love my neighbor as myself. And I believe that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth and that he is the head over all rule and authority. And I believe that Satan and his demons are subject to me in Christ since I'm a member of Christ's body. Therefore, hallelujah, I obey the command to submit to God, resist the devil, and command Satan in the name of Christ to leave my presence. To God be the glory. Father, help us right now to be children of God, growing spiritually God, I remember old Pastor Bill years ago. God, we got to get rid of the stinking thinking. God, would you help us today in the name of Jesus Christ to get our mind fixed on things above? Let our mind be fixed on the truth of who we are in Christ and all that you have done for us. God, we stand firm in the power of the Holy Spirit of God, clothed in the full armor of God today. You have given us everything we need for life and godliness. Hallelujah. God, I ask you right now, right here in this room, God, do a work in us and through us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me this morning, church. We come to this, what we call a response, an invitation. It's an opportunity. If you're here today, and you know God's called you here to unite in this fellowship, then you come. If you're here today, friend, and you've never followed in believer's baptism, in other words, as Brother Morgan said, you've never preached that first message, that you need to follow through with baptism, then you come. Declare that publicly and openly today. Let today be the day you declare it, and we'll baptize you next Sunday in the name of Jesus. We're going to sing through this at least one time. I'll be down here. You come.